How many hours do we have? Because I have a lot of things we could talk about. I do a lot of dumb shit. I can vouch for that. I don't want to take any of the blame. I already told him it was your idea. Why are you on Facebook? You're supposed to be getting the intro. Because uh, that's where the intro is. Oh. I guess I should just save it to my phone. It's not that bad. <laughs> I know. Don't, don't look her in the eye right now. <laughs> She I'm not going to look at him. I got to read. You're listening to the No One Special Podcast, a weekly interview show where guests go from stranger to special within the hour. We're your hosts, Shannon Dugan. Mike Means. And today we're talking with... Joe. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Joe. 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 Okay, full disclosure, it's Joe Means. Joe Means. Don't be um, putting that out there everywhere. Slight relation. Hateful. I need to start this off the right way and say you do have the big E on your podcast, right? The explicit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. I put that on. <laughs> Even when, I think we had one episode that wasn't, and I was like, I'm going to go ahead and check this. I don't want people thinking that yeah. we're going to have episodes that are kid-friendly necessarily. Yeah. Well, mine will not be G-rated. I definitely I just, put that. I don't know how not to cuss like a sailor. Ask my children. They'll tell you. That filter didn't take hold when... There's a filter? I don't know. I, I have my mom filter on sometimes, and sometimes I don't. Oh, man. But gotten much better at it but sometimes that line gets blurred i think my dad filter came with an explicit rating maybe because like that, I, that could I, be i think i cuss more now that i have kids than i did before i had kids you have three more i believe that yeah <laughs> shannon i'm gonna let you do most of the driving on this one um, because i kind of know this kid a little more shannon i feel like this is how he's put you for the last two podcasts you just do it and i'll sit back <laughs> I'm not going to throw you under the bus. I'm waiting to hear this story. I can't wait well, to Well, I mean... Which, you, which last two? Nicole's? You didn't, you didn't participate much in the um, Brian one. I think the I Brian one threw on him Brian. off because you have that banter with him. Yes. And then you he was like it. overthinking it. Well, there was one where she interviewed me. She kind of had to. Nah, bull crap. I expect you to have witty banter with me. Did you say witty or yeah. shitty? That's the same, right? Okay. <laughs> She's over here like, what just happened? Oh, man. So, what do you do is the number one question. How long is this podcast? You're going to have to pick. Or, well, this may be our longest episode. <laughs> <I> say, <laughs> our, our record record time is about three hours. What do you do, like, for a job or hobby, which I think um, we almost got into? Something about rats? Yeah, we, we can touch that. Okay. <laughs> I guess we'll start with work. No, we should probably start with the thing that I do the most, and that's a dad. I'm a dad most. Oh, there you go. That's the thing I have to deal with the most. I have three little girls. And I use the term little loosely, because they're all pains in the ass, very large pains in the ass. But I love them to death. Love I've to met death. two out of the three. Oh, yeah? Who? Um, oh, no. The names. Mm, that's me. Yeah, both well, very sweet. Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on what you consider sweet. Sure. I mean, everybody has different levels of sweetness. Yeah. Um, no, they're good kids. They're, they're just, you know, you have your own children, child. Yeah, you yeah, understand yeah. The, mm -hmm. the level of what sweet <laughs> means when you're at home versus when you're at a friend's house or out having Correct. fun. But that's the thing I do the most is dad. And then uh, I, I'm an electrician. I do controls work in a pharmaceutical plant. I fix pharmaceutical equipment. I actually do electric pneumatic Hydraulic, steam, all that stuff. I also am an instructor. You want me to keep going? Yeah, keep going. Yeah, keep yeah. going. Um, I'm an instructor for the local non-union apprenticeship program for electricians. So okay. I do, I instruct fourth year apprentices, which is last year for the non-union apprentice groups. And then I also teach what we call pre-apprentice classes. So before someone really ventures out into the field, 
their employer can send them through these pre-apprentice programs, which the idea is that before you get immersed into the field and you're lost, we give you a super broad overview of what you'll get your hands on. And then I teach um, controls classes, like full-on controls classes from learning volts, amps, hertz, all that stuff, all the way up to hooking up motor controls, like running a conveyor or whatever you wanted to, robots, whatever you wanted to do, programming PLCs. We have people from all over the country come in and do week-long controls courses. Oh, cool. Everything sounds really technical, and I don't know anything about any of that, so... You should come take a controls course. I should, so I can learn more. I don't... You both are like, yeah, I know what he's talking about. Because Mike does electrical stuff. (laughs) But I don't know what you're talking (laughs) about. It sounds very interesting. And I like that you teach also, in addition to this is what I do, I also teach what I do. Yeah, well, I I think the only way to really prove that you know how to do something is to teach other people to do it. Because you can say you know how to do something. But unless you can convey that knowledge onto someone else... You may not really know. No, but now you know like all the ins and outs just through teaching and questions that come up. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't realize what you don't know until somebody asks you a question about it and you're like, oh, oh, wait a minute. I I have no idea. (laughs) So it it forces you to really have a, a solid ground to stand on in what you do. And then in addition to that, it keeps you as fresh as you can be. You know, I know. Oh, yeah. You got to learn all the new yeah so the electrical code changes every three years and the new code cycle comes out in 2020 and they just released the book and i know most of the changes that have taken place i already know i've already because i have to know them because i have to teach them to my guys next year so you're ahead you're ahead of the curve a little bit i, I stay on top of the curve How's okay that? yeah okay wait. yeah <laughs> i wouldn't say i'm ahead yeah I, i'm just staying right up right, right on, top, on top right 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 there at the yeah. top shannon you would double benefit from that class because i know matt works at changing electrical lighting well he sells does he, he does do he works in sales actual installs as um, he has been on job sites learning what they do just so he knows the background of it I, I don't know if he's actually like physically helped change things but i know he was there asking questions whatever i don't know but all i know is that when we're out everywhere we go he's like that's a whatever. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Lights to yourself? Yes, <laughs> he is. He's talking about lights. In a trade, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Joe, have you ever had a, a married couple come in through a class together? No. Um, no. This could be the moment. This could be a thing. Yeah, that would be super unique. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure how that would go over. But, I mean, we'd, we'd give anything a shot, right? Right. Right. <laughs> I feel like I'm sure Matt would fun. love it. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't? So That's, what else do you do? Okay. Like, Dad, teacher, electrician. Let's, let's use the term instructor. Instructor. I feel like teacher oh, takes something better. away from teachers. I'm not a teacher. Okay. Instructor. I don't, I don't have that wonderful degree. What else do you want to know? I mean, in all Like uh, uh, hobbies. Any hobbies? Oh, hobbies. Mm-hmm. That, or what do you do when you're not instructing, dadding? Hustle. Yeah. I got plenty of side hustles. How's that? Side hustles. Side hustles is good. Mm -hmm. I guess the thing that everybody always wants to hear about is the snakes. Okay. I don't know about the snakes, but now I want (laughs) to know about the snakes. You're clueless about the snakes at that. I kind of... There was like a hint given about some sort of reptile something that you do and... Yeah. So... Right? I think you had mentioned... Oh, who knows? Who knows what I said? You had mentioned something at some point and said like, oh yeah, he's, he has I'm animals. A, I'm a small scale 
reptile breeder specializing in ball pythons. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> Your eyes are as big as saucers. <laughs> she does that. I, was like, <laughs> I know, my face. My no face filter. Paul Pythons. Okay. Where do I start? What? I did have an actual... I had a snake in high school. Yeah, what kind? A... Legless one. <laughs> well, okay. We... So I should, should rephrase that. We had a snake when I was in high school. Uh, I think it was a... Does a corn snake sound right? I should know more information about what snake I had, but... I mean, that's sure. Bad. Cor- that means I, I was not prepared. A corn snake is certainly a possibility yeah yeah i think that's what it was i mean there are definitely corn snakes yes it was black and white black and white corn black with little white a few little white markings i don't know was it maybe a milk snake or was it a corn snake maybe it was a milk snake okay well that's so bad that's really bad especially talking to somebody who yeah we're we're does snakes we're we're throwing darts at the wall at this point to say i had a black and white yeah anyways i had we had one in the house just like and then i think no, in a in a tank. It's good. It's a good place to keep them. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. These are questions that I get all the time. That people find out I have snakes, and they're like, "I'm not coming to your house. You just got them things running around." And it's like, "Oh, no. do you get that? But you get them out. Do you let them? First off, they don't like run. wander at all. Um, Sometimes, no, no, they stay. Uh, my snakes don't even really get out very often. Um, oh, okay, not handled. To, I mean, they they are definitely handled, but it's more of an intentional handling. Right. So, like when I when I get a snake out, there's a reason I'm getting a snake out. Whether it's educational, somebody's come over and is completely clueless and wants to understand more, I'll get some out and let them, you know, see the differences between them. And then, you know, there's always the I've got to clean, I've got to pair, I've got to check follicles, I've got to make sure that everything looks good. There's no scale rot or stuck jet. Healthy or, snakes, yeah. but. Outside of that, I have too many snakes to spend a lot of time handling them. How, how many snakes do you think you have, or do you know the number? More than a few and less than a hundred. <gasps> so I, when I heard... I probably have four. When I heard, hear small scale, I was like, okay, he's got like, what, like 20 snakes? I probably have about 49. Oh, okay. Right now. That number changes all the time. If I, you know, if I have a snake that drops a clutch of eggs, that could be... Anywhere from five to twelve eggs, so that changes my numbers. And then obviously everything's always for sale. So okay. Well, I, I use the term everything loosely. There are some things that will never be sold, but for the most part, for the right money, everything's available. Everything's available. How did you get into? Oh. How did you come about being a? Snake breeder. This is actually, I'm just so this, this kid thing. It's always it's always the kids, right? It always goes back mm-hmm. to the kids. So, my oldest daughter at the time was our only daughter, thus the oldest. She was probably like three or four, and we were down at Kids in the Park. I think is what they call it. They do down at Sawyer Point. Yeah. Um, and they had a zoo thing or a, an educational thing for animals, right? Right, where like they come and they bring yeah, and it a was at things. this big outdoor party on Sawyer Point at the park and the guy had snakes and tortoises and turtles and all kinds of reptiles and Madison was just enthralled she loved everything about it she was like this is so cool and I had frogs growing up I loved frogs growing up so I was I was into the culture of keeping reptiles but I'd never had snakes my mom was terrified of snakes my mom's terrified of everything (laughs) <laughs> kind of passed that on. So for me, it was like, 
snakes are creepy and weird and you shouldn't mess with them because mom taught me that snakes were creepy and weird and I shouldn't mess with them. Right. But for some reason, frogs were fine. She was okay with the frogs. Frogs are pretty cute. That's changed now. She's terrified of frogs too. Yeah, I can believe that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Changes on a daily basis. Oh, she's always been afraid of birds. Terrified. <laughs> birds. The, the scariest thing in the world for my mom is a bird. I think she saw the movie too I many feel times. like... That's a fear people have, and I just don't get it. I don't get it either. I just can't. Yeah. Anyways. So we were there, and she was checking everything out, and as we were leaving, they had a huge Russian tortoise. I mean, this thing was probably two and a half, three foot long, um, and, you know, a foot tall. It was was a large adult Russian tortoise. And my daughter's, Dad, can we get a big turtle? So I said, well, and at the time, you know, She's an only child. She pretty much never gets told no. So I start looking into it to find out what the, what the stats are on having a big turtle, right? Yeah. I look up 150-ish year lifespan. Oh, yeah. They uh, do live long, don't they? Four square foot outdoor space, four square foot indoor space with a door that they can travel in and out of at their leisure. Like a whole thing. Like I would have to have basically dedicated a room with a dog door and a fence outside for this turtle to be able to move in and out of for the next hundred years and will it to someone at the end of my life. And so it's like, uh, Maddie, I, d- I don't think the turtle's going to work, right? Um, funny story is we know a turtle and we're about to bring in a pumpkin today <laughs> because they love pumpkins. It's true. And sh- her name's Chester. She's 25. But we were like, this lady's going to have to will her turtle to somebody because yep. that's just, Yeah, I, I, I didn't just, know that. I, yeah. I mean, I guess I knew like the, I guess. Yeah, tortoises have like super, super long lifespans, really. Well, it's like now I've, I know of people having Galapagos, which if you know anything about a Galapagos yeah. tortoise, they are like giant tortoises. Like they'll get four or five feet tall regularly. That's just the thing that they do. Right. They are huge. They, you know, they're a couple hundred pounds sometimes, like gargantuan tortoises. And How do you lift that? Like, she was having problems lifting her tur- turtle, right. so he didn't get out much anymore. Yeah. So people keep that as a pet, and it's like, you know what? But, you know, as long as you're doing the right thing by the animal. And providing the right environment. Right. I don't know that I see More power to you. Just not something that I'm interested in. But so we said no to the tortoise. Yeah. No tortoise. And she looks at me, and she says, well, Dad... What about a big yellow worm? <laughs> and she was talking about the 15-foot <laughs> albino Burmese python that they had there. So that's how we ended up with a ball python. It wasn't big or yellow, but it was a ball python. And that was the first one. And we had it for um, seven or eight years and just poor husbandry and being kind of like you were with your corn snake slash milk snake. I was I sort know, of... I feel so bad. I didn't, I didn't do the research the way I should have done it and didn't jump into it as hard as I should have to really grasp what I was doing. So it passed. I think... I believe it had scale rot and I just didn't catch it because I wasn't paying enough attention to it. Okay. You know, hard lesson learned for me and the animal and the family. We were all kind of devastated by the whole thing. Oh, yeah. But uh, shortly thereafter, I did more research and understand better... Okay, so wait. You get your one python. You didn't really... We're not sure what happened, and then, so, and then what? And then you were like, "I'm gonna go all into this." Sort of. So when when I bought that snake, I did just enough research to kind of understand the snake market. What I really wanted was called a piebald. So it's a ball python, but it's a genetic mutation in the ball python that makes it so that 
The snake has got splotches of pattern on a white snake. Okay. The snake would be like white with an area of pattern and then white with an area of pattern and then white again. Does that make sense? Yes. I think I've, I can picture it. Because um, all automatically when somebody says ball python, I envision the yellow and white ones. So that's the an, albino. Albino, yeah. But I know that most of them are, I, I don't know, maybe I don't know, but are that brown with the black patterning. Yeah, yeah that's what we would call like a wild type or a normal. That's Perfect. a piebald, right? They look cool. Yeah, and that's what I wanted. But when I was looking at them, they were three to $5,000 still. <gasps> Whoa! So... It was just out of my price range to buy a snake like that at the time. There was no way I could justify that. Well, I think I paid $400 for that one when I bought it. And it was, you know, after our first snake was named Jafar. All the snakes I have that are named are all named after Disney characters. Okay, I was going to ask about the names. Yeah, for they're, not, sure. they're not all named, but some of them I aren't. figured they weren't all, but the ones that are not up for sale have names. No, really what it is is sort of like my... My foundation, the stuff that I started with is named. Okay. And then as I grew bigger, it was like, um, this is just this. Like this, you know, now this is just... one of Esmeralda's or whoever. No. Um, no. No. Because like I bought, I bought a lot of stuff. So it's more like this is, you know, this is a bumblebee inchy clown ball python. I, it's not oh, okay. named. It just, that's what it is. Okay. And then if I have more than one, it's like, oh, this is my leopard clown that eats really well. And this is my leopard clown that only eats once a week and is a pain in the ass sometimes. Oh, okay. So, you know, it, they're all distinguished, but they're not all named. Okay. Like, I have a GHI. By their characteristics. Yep. I have a GHI clown female that's just a little bitey bitch. That's just what I call her. Like, oh, that looks a little bitey bitch. Because she loves to bite. Oh. <laughs> that's the part I'm like, a lot of people get nervous about. But it's like, does it, how does it feel? Does it hurt? It, I mean, it hurts, but it, it it's really, not, so, it's not that bad, is it? Um... If you, Depending. If, if you think about, obviously the size of the snake is going to make a difference, right? Right. A small snake, and when I say small, I mean one that's maybe a foot and a half, two foot long, you know, it's a small snake. You really, it scares you because they move so fast, you won't even feel the bite happen. Okay. If that makes sense. Like, like um, they always say when you get they, I don't know who they is, but um, they are. Uh, when you get bit by a shark, you don't feel the shark bite you feel the the immense pressure and then the pain comes or something but you don't feel the have you heard that before i would imagine that a snake bite is nothing like a well shark. i get that but i'm you know what i mean like their teeth are so sharp you don't really yeah. well their teeth are so sharp and they're also so small they're they're really like needles you know so when you go in and get your flu shot you know you don't feel the needle going your right arm. you right. might feel the pressure from the flu shot but you don't feel the the needle the going needle part yeah it's the same sort of thing so they've they've got needle-like teeth and then it happens so fast that it's really, it's over in an instant. It, a dog bite is a million times worse than getting a, you know, a, a bite from a snake. But it, it does sort of depend also on what snake it is. Right. What the size of the snake is. I have one snake that's 4,000 grams. So I don't know. I think it's close to like 10 pounds. I'm not really sure, but I think it's close to like 10 pounds. Everything in snakes is in grams. A bite from her would probably hurt pretty bad for me. Yeah. It, I guess it comes with the territory though, right? Yeah. I guess a little bit. You're, you're never going to be able to keep an animal like a snake and say I've never been bit. Well, I'm going to say that, but I don't, maybe there are people who can say that. But 
I, I just can't imagine being like, it's oh, like, yeah, I keep a bunch of snakes and I've never been bit by it's one. It's like being a beekeeper and never getting stung. Like, it, it's just going to happen. Right. right? It, yeah. But the, the way the snake bites you kind of depends on, kind of determines how bad it's going to hurt. So if you take a defensive strike, right? So I, I'm going into a snake's cage. I'm in its environment. I'm messing with it and it doesn't want to be messed with. It's going to strike and it's going to strike fast and let go. It's just trying to get you to go away. Just leave me alone. Oh, okay. But sometimes it won't even actually bite you. It's just doing that strike motion to say, get away from me. Leave me alone. The other thing you might see is it confusing you for food. Right. I feel like that's the one I envision where they're like, they hold on a little bit. Well, if they really think you're food, it's not just that they hold on. It's that they wrap you up. So... And pythons, that's the right. big thing, right? Right. So, I mean, ball pythons never get big enough to, like, actually really do a lot of damage to you. But if they're on you and squeezing you, you're going to feel that worse than a quick defensive bite. Right. Um, luckily, I've never, I've never experienced that. There's not even wood in the room for me to knock on. But um, I've never had to deal with, with that kind of a bite before. I've had plenty of defensive strikes, but never... Uh, Never anything... Like, this is food. Yeah. I'm going to wrap your arm up. Uh, I have a good friend who does <coughs> boa constrictors, which are okay. substantially larger snakes. And he took a bite recently, and the snake actually wrapped around its own head, so he couldn't get it off of him, and it was it was a mess. He was His whole arm was bruised up for a couple days. And what? He told me after the fact... Snakes. He's like, I, I thought that snake was going to break my arm. Yeah. I can imagine that. That's got to be intense, right? Yeah. So you wanted a, what'd you call it? Pie a white, a pie bomb? Okay. I was going to mess that up. I was going to butcher that. A pie bomb. We call them pides. Okay. So, pies? Pides. Pides. Yeah. Like, okay. Like a pied. Yeah. Okay. Like you've been pied in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Pieds. Yep. So how did that translate into now I'm going to... So I bought my pied and then some asshole real estate agent decided to convince me to buy a bigger house. That's me on, on that one. <laughs> and then, uh, so I had like a half of my basement that I wasn't really doing anything with. And I was like, I really like the snake stuff because I had really like over the years really learned more and more about it. Okay. And I was like... I kind of want to get some more snakes and, and there are things that I want to have that I just cannot afford. I, there are snakes that I'm trying to produce that if I were to buy would cost me about 10 grand. Wow. I guess I just didn't realize how you and, expensive they can get. You and most other normal human beings have no idea how much people will pay for a snake if they right. really want it. Now I have snakes that are, you know, three or $4,000 snakes in my collection. Okay. Just be, 10 just years be, ago, there's no way I would have done that. But right. now it's just, it's a thing that evolves and you find yourself rolling down this slope and it's like, oh, oh, well, I, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can, I can justify that. <laughs> so it's just the way it works, you know? You, right. And it, it's something that we try not to talk about a whole lot in the reptile community, but it's all sort of an investment at the same time. So I like the, I like the animals, uh, and I see where it could potentially make me some money. In the future. In the future. It's an investment. Right. Yeah. Huh. Well, especially because that's what you're doing. You're selling them, right? Everything's for sale. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. Okay. The, the babies, you know, all of my offspring, my offspring has a goal in mind. So like when I pair two snakes together, I'm looking like, I, I want to make this, right? 
But in making that, I'm playing an odds game because it's all genetics. So as I play that genetics odds game, there will be byproducts that are things that I don't need, that I don't want. And those things go for sale. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And it's all just, you know. So you had the space and you filled it. Yeah. Well, it's not full yet. Oh. What? So this is more recent that you started doing this? Or in the last? Two years ago. Two years. Okay. So it's been a while. Yeah. I mean, I started with snakes in 2008, nine, probably. 2009. Something like that. Yeah. But, but really um, getting into it two yeah. years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Interesting. Do you ever get people like, you may, you deal like solely with the, like ball pythons? In my collection, yes. Okay. You don't have any other kind of... No, I had a, I had a Cal King for a little while, California King Snake. That was one of the ones like you talked about, if it bites you, it won't let go. King Snakes are really notorious for that. They get a hold of you and just try to actually like eat your thumb. Like they just... Don't like You're it. like, this isn't for me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't no, like it. He, he, she was actually a pretty cool snake, all in all. Yeah. She just didn't fit into anything that I had, so I didn't need her. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's one of those things where once you have, you know, 50 snakes, it's like, do I need to feed this other mouth? You know? So it's one of the things people don't think about. So I mean, I think about that. Like, what's the cost going into this? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, any kind of animal you have, you obviously think about the cost of it. Like we were talking about before we got our dogs, like, oh, we really wanted a Great Dane, but we knew like, how much, how much do you think it's going to cost a month to feed that sucker? A lot. Plus, huh? They're dogs. They eat I know. I know. It's not that big of a deal, but that was one of the things. It's something to definitely consider. Definitely consider when you're getting an animal or what, you know, but I'm sure the upkeep for those, especially about 50... So you figure I feed most of my snakes once a week. When I like right now we're coming into breeding season, so my okay. females are eating more. Now it sort of balances out because the females will eat more during breeding season, but then if they actually decide they're going to produce eggs, they'll spend a month or so not eating at all. They'll just say nope, I'm not there's not room in here for me to eat. So they increase their intake knowing that they're going to not have any intake for a little while while they're producing eggs oh, while okay. they're, while they're okay. growing those eggs inside their body. So it balances out, but on average, they get fed once a week. And adults, ball pythons, in my collection, I feed small rats to, which would cost 2 to $3 a rat. Um, and then my hatchlings are feeding pups, so they're going to be a dollar, $1.50, and that's every week. So if I'm feeding split it in half and say 25 adults and 25 hatchlings so 25 i'm growing up and 25 that are already ready to breed you figure at 25 at two dollars that's 50 dollars a week plus 25 at a dollar it's another so you're up to 75 dollars a week right every week right there plus all the rats. maintenance stuff yeah so go ahead my bedding runs about uh 20 bucks for a brick of bedding which will last me two weeks um, and then all my heat and all that stuff. I don't know what that even costs. Yeah. Me. So, I mean, it adds up quick for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Um, but it is an investment, right? Like you said, kind yeah. of a little bit, a little yeah. bit. It's not, well, and like I, I haven't, it's not the main reason, but I have an added benefit in that I, the guy that I know that does boas, we, I, I help him with his stuff and he helps me with my stuff. We have a mutual partnership, so to speak, in that 
you know, I can go over there and help him out with things and then he'll help me out on prices on rats and stuff like that for, okay. for the work that I do. I was going to ask you, do you produce your own rats for your snakes no, I don't, or you're not into that? I don't breed feeders because I don't really, <clears throat> I don't really enjoy the rats, but I do help with the production of that. And, uh, the, the guy that I work with has like in good months, about 7,000 rats at a time in his room. Whoa. So, you know, every Monday I go over, that's where I'll be this afternoon. I go over and we, we go through and we take all of the babies that are old enough to wean off of the adults. Okay. Off the moms. We wean off all of the babies. We cycle in the, you know, the moms that have been weaned that don't have babies anymore, get cycled back into the breeding program. And then we pull all the pregnant females and put them into a maternity tub so that they are not with their males anymore. Right, because bad things can happen there, right? Yeah, rats aren't like mice, though. A lot of people think... Oh, okay. Um, that ma- they go after... Yeah, male... I mean, male rats will kill the babies sometimes, but it's not nearly as common as it is in mice. Oh, okay. Um, and then, like mice, if you have a baby mouse from one colony and you move it to another colony, they'll kill that baby mouse. Whereas a rat... I can put any baby rat in with any other group of baby rats and they'll take care of it. Oh, that's kind of sweet. So rats are much more... (laughs) That's kind of sweet. Rats are much more social and accepting. Okay, yeah. um, Rats are super smart. They they are actually... Pretty smart for rodents, go? Yeah, than we give them credit for. Um, And I'll tell you, I think I've been bit... I mean, I handle probably 3,000 rats a week. And I think I've been bit like three times... Ever. Really? Yeah, they don't, they're not like Aggressive mice at all. Or, okay. Now, he's, he does mice too, and I don't touch them. It's like, you can do your mice. I don't do the, it's just a small section Tiny of mice. And it's like, you go do the mice, and I'll stay over here and do another rat rack. Like, I'm not, I'm not dealing with the mice. For one, they're crazy. Like, they move, they jump, like, they're nuts. They're real fast. And for two, they're biting. Like, they, they're much more prone to bite you than a rat is. I just, the questions keep coming, but I know we I need know. to move on. Like, well, can I, you see my brain working? And I'm like, I just need to go over there. Like, I need to see it all. <laughs> I also want to see the rat room. Like, I don't know. I have, I have one snake-related question, and I think we okay. need to move on. Okay. So you had a California king snake for a while. Yeah. So are snakes anything like dogs where you could breed different types of dogs? So could you have bred your California king snake with a ball python and came out with a California ball king. <laughs> I'm going to say no to the California king snake, but you can breed pythons to other pythons. So like they have berm balls. So it's a Burmese python and a ball python bred together. Okay. Um, some people call that like a super ball. And then, like, sand boas and, and ball pythons, I believe, have been done that way. So those are all hybrid snakes. So that's literally taking two snakes and saying, I'm going to breed these two different species together to create a new... And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Okay, so it's a hit or miss sometimes yeah. with snakes. Okay. The, the issue with that is that some, of, some, some species of snakes are much more likely to eat other snakes. Yeah, I know king snakes are known. Yeah, that other snake that's, eaters. Yeah, that's sort of the thing with king snakes is king snakes are king snakes because they eat other snakes. Yeah. So like a king cobra eats most of what it eats is other snakes. Actually, a lot of people 
feed them ball pythons. That's one of the things that, that goes to a lot of king cobras. Weird. Um, so that's kind of, that king designation typically means that it is a snake eater in the wild. Okay. So, but a lot of snakes, especially in a breeding scenario where you're pairing snakes together when, when cohabitated, when you breed, when you put two of the same animal together, will or have the potential to eat the other. And the way it's snakes... It's a risk, like... It's an expensive experiment oh. if it goes wrong. Right. And the way snakes typically work is the females are almost always bigger than the males in, in most species of snakes. And you want your female to be bigger so that she can produce more eggs, whereas in a male, all you really care about is whether or not he can produce sperm. So you okay. can breed a male at a much earlier time than a female, which would mean that your male is going to be smaller than your female. And if you're in a situation where the snake would eat another snake. Especially because they're getting ready to save up some energy for those eggs. So now you're in a situation where you have this much larger female with this little male that you wanted them to breed, and instead of breeding, she eats them. She had a little snack. Yeah. So that can happen. I'm not saying that it always will happen, but it can happen. So burn balls is a thing. Um, I don't know about a cow, ball, king, whatever (laughs) you said, but... California ball king. <laughs> California ball king. <laughs> yeah. The next question is where you're from. Yeah, the next question is where you're from. Like where you're coming from. It is, it's all of our questions, if you've probably picked up on, are pretty open-ended. Yeah, so. Um, yeah. so I'm from the east side of Cincinnati, the same place my big brother's from, thus he is my big brother. I'm not from Texas, though. Nope. I never did that. Um, never did the Texas thing. Okay. Uh, I actually, I think I spent the first year of my life in Norwood. I don't remember that at all. Yep. Um, we talked then, about that. And then we moved out to a little bitty town called Newtonsville. You hear people talk about one traffic light town. So that's like a no traffic light. That's like a two stop sign town. And then I kind of lived all over the east side of town, uh, the east side of Cincinnati, like anywhere you can think of. I've probably spent time there. Okay. I remember Mikey used to get mad. We'd go out and no matter where we, we go to the grocery store and I would find somebody I knew. And he'd be like, how do you know someone everywhere we go? Because <laughs> I had lived kind of all, I, I bounced all between my parents and we, we had been all over the place. But eventually we moved up to um, Clinton County up north. So we're... That's where you are now? Yeah. Just, okay. just south of Wilmington outside of Blanchester. Uh, okay. Um, now the next question is... Where are you going? To go clean rats. <laughs> yeah. Rat cleaning. I mean, I don't know where I'm going. I, I can't figure out from day to day where I'm going. Yeah. I, I, my ideal thing would be to move my instruction and training stuff into full-time career and not have to do anything other than that. That's okay. That's really where, where my... Where your goal or where That's my where work you're... passion, so to speak. That's, okay. what I, that's what I enjoy to do. For work. A lot of people who, who do reptile stuff think that reptile stuff will eventually be their full-time career, but I don't... I like doing it, so I don't know that I ever want it to be my full-time. I've, I've learned through the years that like if you do something full-time, it's easy to lose the passion for it, especially when it's something like reptiles that really is work. Like, you know, there's... We, we talk all the time in the reptile community, we're really just all glorified shit scrapers like that's 90% of our job is just cleaning up poop and right and do you want to do that all day every day right if that's what you're doing as your career suddenly it's like oh I'm not a reptile keeper I'm a reptile poop cleaner I'm not sure that that's that's where I would want to be so hopefully where I'm going is eventually into an actual training career somewhere doing that full-time that would be my ideal thing 
Okay, cool. But otherwise, I'm just going to be a lousy electrician for the rest of my life. It's the only kind of electrician. Lousy ones. Lousy. Mm-hmm. Okay, the next question is my favorite question. I feel like I get to learn more about people, even though I learned a lot about you and snakes today, which is pretty exciting. Um, what's your secret? Do- <laughs> did you prepare for this? I've did. never killed a bird. See? Oh. Yeah. Apparently that's, that's a secret That's brutal. That's a dig. <laughs> I don't understand why that's such a, such a point of contention. It's not. It's not. Because, like, people hunt all the time. Your mom hates birds, so you got a bonus with her. Yeah, she's right? probably She loved that. One she's less. like, yeah, one less in the world. It's like, that one's not going to get me. People hunt birds all the time, right? So <laughs> it's silly. But I think the way you described it. I don't know. There was something about it. Yeah, I felt bad about it. That poor guy. I know. I feel right. Probably should have ate it. I fed it to my brother. <laughs> yeah, that sounds, you know, yeah. Ate my underwear outside. Yeah. Hey, whatever you're into, dude. Uh, what, yeah. <laughs> whatever my brother throws me into. Uh, I, you know, to say that I, um, a secret would be, uh, I think we all have the same kind of secret where, like, we're, we're really just quietly struggling through life and trying to make sure that we keep moving forward. Yeah. And, you know, positive attitude, just keep going. That, that would be my biggest secret is I'm never as good as you really think I am, no matter how bad you might think I am. Okay. Hold that on. That's, there's that such a face one. I think it's a little bit of the opposite though. I think we get inside our heads and then we're like, Oh gosh, this is embarrassing, like whatever. And nobody would be the wiser or think twice about it. I think people think more of you than you think of yourself. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm saying I put on a good face. Okay. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. I'm never as good as you think I am, no matter how bad you might think I am. Do you mean like Michael Jackson bad? Who's bad? All right, we'll take it. We'll take that. What I mean is I deserve more hate than you could possibly put on. I get it. I get it. (laughs) It is what it is. I think, I think, yeah, I'm a little bit that way. I feel like maybe not hate, but (laughs) (laughs) okay. The uh, last question is what's the last thing you learned? There's gotta be all kinds. You're always learning stuff. I feel like yeah, all kinds of, I, I learn, I learn things on a real regular basis, but uh, this whole thing has been about snakes. I guess we'll keep with the theme. So <laughs> I, I, it really has, but I yes, loved every second of it. Has. I just, uh, I just came back from a really big reptile convention in Tinley park, which is 40 miles South of Chicago. Reptile convention. Yeah. It's huge. Like thousands of people through the door. Huge, huge. Like, I can imagine. It's a three day show. Like it starts on Friday and runs through Sunday. Like it's a whole thing. But I went up and in the reptile world, there are like celebrities and I'm making quotes right now with my fingers. They're, they're guys that everybody in the reptile world knows, right? So okay. I walked into the room and all of these people are there, like all of them. And I went with my buddy as a vendor. So I had a vendor pass. So I was able to get in early and be there the whole time. And you walk in and you're like starstruck as a, as a reptile guy. It's literally like if you met Brad Pitt that's how I felt walking into this room was like, holy shit, these are people that like I've looked up to or followed their career for the past few years, like watched everything they've put out anywhere, read their books, you know, and here I am in this room full of them and almost 
almost every single one of them to a point were super cool and like willing to talk to you and just normal people. It was so weird. Like one guy, you're like, like this guy's not going to give me the time of day, yeah, but he was totally right. down to yeah, earth and yeah. a chill person. One guy, like I walked up to him and we had been drinking cause that's what you do at reptile conventions or that's, <laughs> that's <what laughs> get drunk do. and play with snakes, man or anywhere. So, so. Uh, but so we were, and I walked out of the bar and he was standing outside and it's like, Holy shit. You're this guy. And, uh, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, of course I'm that guy. Who the fuck else would I be, right? Like, right. Dumbass. Why did? Why would you say that? And uh, it's like, man, I'm really trying not to like fangirl right now. And it, instead of being like, ah, shut up, he literally walked up and fucking bear hugged me. Like, just wrapped both arms around me and just fucking bear hugged me. Like, it's cool, man. Don't worry about it. And I was like, who would have thought that would be the reaction you would get when you walk up to somebody and be like, I don't want to fangirl right now. Give me a minute. And he's like... He's like, it's fine. I get it all the time. (laughs) Bear hug. Right. Like, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. And then um, the reptile bedding that I use, right? The guy that owns the company. After the show was done, we're sitting down drinking beer, just hanging out, drinking beer. And it was Saturday night after the show was over for the day. So it was going back in on Sunday. Okay. And we're just sitting around bullshitting and I'm giving him some grief because he had recently been on a podcast about reptiles and part of the podcast was about something somebody did to him and it was specific to the shirt that he was wearing and he's he's um he was in the army and he wears a reverse ir like an infrared flag so when you look at his flag it looks backwards it's the opposite of what a flag would normally look like and the guy made a comment on Facebook, somebody else made a comment on Facebook about how the flag was wrong and he shouldn't be wearing that and representing the flag in the wrong way. Like, this is wrong. This is bad. Just broke your podcasting rules. This is wrong. We have rules. <laughs> like, this is wrong. This is bad. You shouldn't wear this flag this way. Well, the guy's ex-army. Like, he knows how to wear a flag, right? So it turned into this whole thing. So I walked up to him and I'm getting like... How dare you wear that shirt here? What do you think? Oh, he knew just, exactly what I was going oh, okay. on about. But this guy like owns this reptile bedding company. It's international. It's a huge company. And this is the owner of the company. Down to earth as hell. Cool as shit. At the end of the conversation, I hand him a $20 bill. And I was like, I'm going to be by your booth later. I need a shirt in large. Sure shit, the next day I go over there around 10 o'clock. And he's like, oh, I got your shirt. Remember me clear as day. He's probably talked to literally 2,000 people that weekend. Knew exactly who I was, knew what size shirt I needed and everything. Just down-to-earth people that you look up to and it's like, these are celebrity status people. And they're just uh, normal-ass people. They're, everybody's a normal person. Well, I don't know about everybody. But in the I, snake most community. Most people in the snake community. <laughs> I wonder about that, world. though, in the day of now internet, like, it's real easy to find people. So where is that level? Like, what, at what point does that celebrity become celebrity status like we would think of it like a Brad Pitt because it's really easy to be famous in your circle right because of the internet and have 10 15,000 people know who you are and go to a convention where the people who know who you are are more likely to be there yeah but I mean you look at up Robert Downey Jr. he can't go anywhere in the world without somebody seeing him and knowing him like that has to affect you mentally and obviously there's a huge gap there, but you just wonder kind of like, where does that celebrity start to affect people? And it's gotta be different for every person, but. 
Well, I'm sure like when you're in a tight knit community like that, you're mainly getting recognized at conventions or right. at events. So I'm sure it's still like super enjoyable and whatever. But then I, f- I would think like when it's affecting your daily life where people are coming up to you at some point, it's gotta be like, all right guys, like I just want to go to the grocery with peace or like do whatever, yeah. like go out to eat and pee. I don't know. Well, and there are people, some of the people that I n- know celebrity status in the reptile community, they're again, they're super, there's, there's a saying in snakes, like there's two kind of people that like snakes. There's bikers and weirdos. I fall into both categories. I'm a biker and a weirdo. So <laughs> like I fall, I fit both of them. But like that's damned if you do, damned if you don't. So for the most part, it's what you're dealing be. with is either people who are extroverted or super introverted, one of the two. You don't yeah. have much of the middle of the road. So the extroverted people are the people that I found that I've talked to that were super down to earth and easy to talk to. And the people that I know as introverted people or have experienced as introverted people, I think it's not the celebrity status. It's the fact they're introverted and they don't want to deal with you. Yeah. But they're could, still yeah. like, they're hard. You can't go up and talk to them. You can't. And it, like, they, they want nothing to do with you. They have that almost Brad Pitt like thing. And that's what I think maybe is what happens is when you hit that celebrity status, you're forced into an introverted state because everybody that talks to you wants something from you. So I think that might be the mark that is what's different is when do you hit that introverted level? When do you say, I'm not an extrovert anymore because I, I can't be. Cause, like I don't want to share every aspect right, of my exactly. life with everyone. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's, it's, a, it's an interesting <clears throat> phenomenon because you know people that are like that that you never would know. Like they do nothing special as far as to gain any sort of fame. Like they just don't want to talk to people. They don't want to be involved. They don't want to engage no matter what they do. Typically those people aren't the ones you would see on social media or something like that where you would know who they are. So, I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know. It is interesting. Shannon. Mike, I don't want to, I don't, I didn't learn anything. Your this ass. Week, this, this weekend. I didn't learn anything. She hasn't learned anything since Friday. All right. Well, I, I learned that if you're going to dress, uh, if you're going to dress up kind of ugly for Halloween costume, coordinate with your friends. Cause I was, I opened the door and I was like, I thought we were being ugly for Halloween. Well, I didn't agree to that. I was like, you're Jenny from Forrest Gump. Like you look really cute. I'm the trunch bowl. No, her, I don't know what's the last thing I would learn. Her Halloween costume was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it was really bad. I tried to take like cute pictures. You nailed like, it. You absolutely nailed it. I was like, <laughs> I look horrific. Like, this is bad. <laughs> um, no, I don't know what the last thing I learned was. I, well, I, I've got something that goes along with that like celebrity thing, I guess, that I learned. I have a friend who seems super outgoing and life of the party, all this stuff. And you just don't know about people. Like she has the worst anxiety and I had no idea. Hmm. And I just learned this the other day and I was like, oh wow, like I had no idea. Like I wish I could help you with that struggle that you're having, but like doesn't want to go on a trip that I'm going on because of she's afraid about her anxiety. And I was like, man, that sucks. You wouldn't have no idea talking to this person, listening to this person that they're goes along with your secret kind of too, doesn't it? Yes. That they're dealing with that, but 
I guess that's the last thing I learned. That's the one thing that stuck out. What people are fighting with that you don't see. Yeah. You never know. I mean, I've known that for a while, I guess, but that was it. Oh, anyways. (laughs) What's the last thing you learned, Mike? You've been waiting patiently. No, I've been trying to think of something. <laughs> I know. You're like, look at me, give me shit. And I'm yeah, like, you were going to let me out, too. It's all, when you you're think like, about okay. it's like that. Like, I always get this when I have to buy a gift from somebody. I'm like, oh, my mind goes blank. But I know the person. I know what they would like. It's just in the moment. You're like, oh, okay, space. Just start a running list. I do have running lists now because of that. I keep a year-round list because of that. So or just do I hope I'm I getting better, huh? Don't buy any presents for anybody. Problem solved. Problem solved. I love that we sit here and have an hour-long conversation and she can't think of one thing that she learned from it. Well, I don't like to pull from... I don't like to pull from from the the podcast episode. Because every bit... Yeah. I disagree. Because we all learned all that crap. As the one guy who's listened to all of them, I think it would be cooler if you would just pull it from the... If you you actually learned something from the podcast, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't say, I just learned this. And yeah. it mesmerized me. So you think it would be better if I told people that I learned that there'll never be a California ball king snake? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> if you could elaborate on it, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know that that's the best example of one, <laughs> but, you know, like, I just learned that there are people who have 7,000 rats in their house. I think that's a generally okay thing to have just learned. I've seen hoarders. I definitely, that, the rats thing was sticking in my mind hard. Like, and to be fair, in the, it's not in the in picture house, I had in yeah, my mind was totally different than yeah. what it is in real life. Okay. That's the thing, right? So everybody assumes that we all have, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people, they're like, I'm not coming to your house because you have those snakes in your basement. And it's like, do you think that that you're gonna like, you'll never see them if I don't want you to see them. I think it's like in Pit in Indiana Jones. Yeah, you put a baby gate up. What are you talking about? So they stay in the basement, they can't come upstairs past the baby gate. And it's like, you know, there's literally tens of thousands of dollars in snakes down there. You think I just let that shit run around? Like, do you They might eat each other? Right. You never know? Like, nah. Or they might burn themselves or get tangled up in something or get lost down a drain. I've never (laughs) Oh God, no. Yeah, no. All right, well, I think that's I think we've come I've up learned with so much. Stuff. I have learned a lot about snakes and rats <laughs> this week. I don't want to. I don't want to downplay that at all. Um, but thanks for taking the time out of your day and coming on the podcast. All right, I'll be looking for the check in the mail. Keep looking, son of a. Looking for those royalties. <laughs> Keep looking. We are interested in sponsors. If you want to sponsor, as your uh, reptile company. Uh. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's a big old negatory. <laughs> All right, we'll just we'll just take that as we'll reciprocal. You want to you yeah. want to spot real quick? Um. Uh. All right, that's all the time we have. So. <laughs> no, seriously, if you want to put it out there, put it out there. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Mean Morphs, M E A N Morphs, M O R P H S. Uh, Instagram Mean underscore Morphs. It's all ball python stuff, so don't get your hopes up on seeing anything more interesting than that. Check it out and see what you see. See what you like. If you really want to learn about ball pythons and pricing and the way the market works, there's a website. Uh, John Lehman made a really good website called Morph Market. Morph Market. One word. MorphMarket.com. You will be amazed. There are like tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of ball pythons for sale right now. I want to see these big priced ones. On Morph see Market. what they look That's like. That's the best place see to what go. They... they look like snakes. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's all a genetics game. It's all genetics. And the mm-hmm. thing is, like, some of the really high-priced stuff, you won't even realize what you're looking at because the highest-priced stuff tends to go to breeders. And breeders know what all those genes look like and what they are. And then I can take a snake that has a whole bunch of genes, put it with another snake that maybe doesn't have as many genes and produce really cool stuff from one expensive and one less expensive snake. Right. Uh, as someone who's not breeding... Unless it looks amazing, you don't care what all those genes are. So oh, each, I get it. I get it. Right. The genes and stuff are there mainly. F- those those higher price ones are mainly mainly appeal to breeders. Yes, typically okay. yes. Because of the genetics the snake has. Right. Whereas the average person who wants right a pet python probably is not going to pay ten thousand dollars for one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, on average, the person looking at in the pet trade is is spending. Three to five hundred dollars on on a ball python, and that's when I say average. That's probably like people who already probably bought that fifty dollar normal, learned how to take care of it, killed it in seven years, and then hopefully learned their lesson and are moving. You make it sound things. like it was an intentional killing. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Seven times like, ago, I buddy. was in high school. I think I was in elementary. I don't know. No, I mean it's most people who as adults decide they want to keep a snake are willing to spend that kind of money on a snake. That's pretty typical. So, yeah. Cause they've done the research and right. And they know what yeah. they're getting into They're They're not, you know, it's not mom buying them a snake at that point. It's them buying their own animal. Mm-hmm. Um, and which you'd be surprised. I see a lot, uh, you know, a kid who bought an animal and got mom involved and now mom wants one of her own. I, you'd be amazed how but she wants hers to be better. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> the too. upgrade. Yeah. yeah. Which the kid's cool with because the kid's like, I'm on, still uh, in my house, my right? snake too. Yeah, yeah. I'm still like, taking Instagram yeah. photos with it. I don't care yeah. whose it is. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this took way too long, but I just got a really good thing that I learned. The last. Oh thing my that gosh! I, I forgot you haven't said the last thing. <laughs> so this morning. Okay. I learned that getting old is hell. Uh, Connor was getting ready for school. And I was like, man, this kid needs some socks. I just need to get some clean socks. So I'm a single guy. A lot of my clean clothes are in a laundry basket. It's okay. I'm digging here and finding a boy some socks. Been over, dug to the bottom of the laundry basket, didn't find any socks. Well, I found one sock, not matched. It's like, well, this ain't gonna work. Stood up, I somehow hurt my back. <laughs> Leaning over in the laundry basket socks. looking for socks. <laughs> laundry basket. It still hurts. It hurts right now. Mike! At least I know what I've got to look forward yeah. to. Listen, at least my injury is from roller derby. No, I thought not for Not leaning sure. over getting like I'm gonna, socks I'm going to throw my back out one day doing something stupid. Lifting mm. something I shouldn't be lifting. Doing okay. something wrong. Nope. I'm going to tweak it. Looking for socks. Mm, but you needed them socks. Man. Didn't even find them. That's the worst part. Maybe one thing like, oh yeah, those were some expensive socks this morning. Nope. Didn't even find the socks. All right. Well, we got the last thing you learned out of Mike. So finally, finally, thanks for coming out and doing the podcast with us. Absolutely. You're like our first fan. I feel like too, a little bit fan, Easy. fan. <laughs> oh God. First listener. Yeah. Shh, listener. If anybody's interested in being on the no one special podcast, feel free to reach out through emails. Email yeah. They can email us. Mm-hmm. And you don't just have to email us if you want to be on. You can email us to say you hate us, to say you don't hate us. We are either the best, worst, or mediocreest. How does that work? What word is that? Mediocre. Most mediocre. Most. 
Can you mediocrity? Mediocrity. I don't know. It's, mm. Can you be the most mediocre? Because then you're outside no, the realm of you, mediocre. No, you can't. You, you have the highest level of mediocrity. Mm. Yeah, I don't. Mm, I don't like. All right, don't don't email us. Anyways, mediocreist. <laughs> but uh, yeah, reach out to us. No, no one special, special podcast, podcast at gmail.com. or through Facebook. Join the Facebook group. It's less labor intensive than writing an email. Yeah. Or you could just do what I did and show up and tell them to their face. That happens too. Once. Yeah, so we're fun. good with constructive criticism. Or just regular criticism. Any of it. Sounds great. Okay. You guys, go talk to some strangers. <laughs>